Hi, I'm Elizabeth and you're listening to the Cloud and Sec Learning Podcast. This was originally written by Andre Camillo. In this episode I'd like to talk about AWS Elastic Block Storage. This is a continuation of the AWS Solutions Architect Certification Studies. First, what is EBS? This is a storage service built to work with EC2. We covered the basics of EC2 in the past. It's easy to set up, scale and it's high performance, being offered in many different tiers, naturally. AWS, own definition state, Amazon EBS allows you to create storage volumes and attach them to Amazon EC2 instances. Once attached, you can create a file system on top of these volumes, run a database, or use them in any other way you would use block storage. Amazon EBS volumes are placed in a specific availability zone where they are automatically replicated to protect you from the failure of a single component. All EBS volume types offer durable snapshot capabilities and are designed for 5.9's availability. Simply a virtual storage, cloud-hosted highly available, replicated in the same as. No downtime when increasing sizes for OS app. Let's go through the volume types in the two kinds of storage types. For SSD kinds, which are more expensive and performance as measured in IOPS as explained before, there are GP2 or 3. GP stands for general purpose. These volume types are meant for OS boot and generic use cases, maximum performance as 16,000 IOPS. With GP3 having the advantage of having a baseline performance rate at 3,000 IOPS, while 20% cheaper than GP2. IO1, IO2 and IO2 Express, also called provisioned IOPS volumes, these are high-performance disks focused on more than 16,000 IOPS. Generally the best option for these use cases. And for HDD kinds, the cheaper, slower measured by their throughput are Saint 1 and 2. Street stands for storage throughput, and are offer good throughput for sequential, large, frequently accessed workloads. Generally the best option for throughput use cases. SC1. Called storage cold HDD, it's the lowest storage cost option, take note of that. This type of storage is good for large, sequential, cold data workloads. Touching are how they work, your EBS disks are attached to Elastic Compute Cloud workloads and something important to know is that your EBS disks and EC2 workloads are always instantiated in the same AWS region, this is a rule and requirement to make sure performance metrics are met. They can be resized while running, only impact is that it will have to be extended from within the OS for the new size to be available in it. EBS is available in different types that vary in, price and, mostly, performance. The determining factors for performance can be two, let's have a look at both options according to tech target, input-output operations per second, or simply IOPS, which is the standard unit of measurement for the maximum number of reads and writes to non-contiguous storage locations. IOPS is pronounced IOPS. IOPS is frequently referenced by storage vendors to characterize performance in solid-state drives, SSD, hard disk drives, HDD, and storage area networks. Along with transfer rate, which measures how fast data can be transferred from contiguous storage locations, IOPS can be used to measure storage performance. 
While transfer rate is measured in bytes, IOPS is measured as an integer. Throughput, which is the second means AWS uses to determine price of storage, measures how many units of information a system can process in a period of time. It can refer to the number of I.O. operations per second, but is typically measured in bytes per second. On their own, IOPS and throughput cannot provide an accurate performance measurement. While not providing a complete picture, combining latency, IOPS and throughput measurements can help gauge performance long story short. IOPS is the maximum number of reads and writes in a disk, displayed as an integer number. It's used to measure SSD's performance and consequently applications that a large number of IOPS, transactional workloads, boot volumes, and more. As for throughput, is the amount of data written in megabytes per second. HDD-backed volumes are designed for throughput-intensive and big data workloads, large I.O. sizes, and sequential I.O. pattern source, AWS frequently asked questions. And the best part about the volume types is that if you're using a supported instance type, you can modify and change between the EBS volume types without detaching them. Why when it comes to use cases, we mentioned a few already before. I will list below the use cases mentioned per volume type, from AWS documentation, GP2 and 3, balance price and performance for a wide variety of transactional workloads. These volumes are ideal for use cases such as boot volumes, medium-sized single-instance databases, and development and test environments. Provisions IOPS, IO1 and IO2, are designed to meet the needs of IO-intensive workloads that are sensitive to storage performance and consistency. They provide a consistent IOPS rate that you specify when you create the volume. This enables you to predictably scale to tens of thousands of IOPS per instance. Additionally, I.O. 2 volumes provide the highest levels of volume durability. Throughput optimized, Street 1, provide low-cost magnetic storage that defines performance in terms of throughput rather than IOPS. These volumes are ideal for large, sequential workloads such as Amazon EMR, ETL, data warehouses, and log processing. Cold HDD volumes, SC1, provide low-cost magnetic storage that defines performance in terms of throughput rather than IOPS. These volumes are ideal for large, sequential, cold data workloads. If you require infrequent access to your data and are looking to save costs, these volumes provides inexpensive block storage. As for this service's security features, AWS allows us to use these features, snapshots, much like in virtual machines, where you can back up the state of your workload at a given time. Remember that snapshots only store data written to disks in a VM and it functions the same way in AWS, meaning that if you take a snapshot of a VM with data in memory still, RAM, the snapshot will not save it. So best practice is to take snapshots of stopped VMs. Note, snapshots exist on S3, volumes exist on EBS. Okay, for more details on the feature, in AWS's own words, Amazon EBS provides the ability to save point-in-time snapshots of your volumes to Amazon S3. Amazon EBS snapshots are stored incrementally. Only the blocks that have changed after your last snapshot are saved, and you are billed only for the changed blocks. If you have a device with 100 gigabytes of data but only 5 gigabytes has changed after your last snapshot, 
A subsequent snapshot consumes only 5 additional GB and you are billed only for the additional 5 GB of snapshot storage, even though both the earlier and later snapshots appear complete. When you delete a snapshot, you remove only the data not needed by any other snapshot. All active snapshots contain all the information needed to restore the volume to the instant at which that snapshot was taken. The time to restore changed data to the working volume is the same for all snapshots. Snapshots can be used to instantiate multiple new volumes, expand the size of a volume, or move volumes across availability zones. When a new volume is created, you may choose to create it based on an existing Amazon EBS snapshot. In that scenario, the new volume begins as an exact replica of the snapshot. Encryption. EBS encryption allows for data or boot volumes, and even snapshots to be encrypted. But enough of my robotic explanation, let's use AWS Robotic One. Amazon EBS encryption offers seamless encryption of EBS data volumes, boot volumes and snapshots, eliminating the need to build and manage a secure key management infrastructure. EBS encryption enables data at rest security by encrypting your data volumes, boot volumes and snapshots using Amazon managed keys or keys you create and manage using the AWS key management service, KMS. In addition, the encryption occurs on the servers that host EC2 instances, providing encryption of data as it moves between EC2 instances and EBS data and boot volumes in an environment where there are already EC2 workloads running with unencrypted EBS volumes. Understanding these two concepts as core to attain a security policy where all your workloads are running in encrypted disks. Reason is, to migrate an unencrypted EBS disk to encrypted requires use of snapshot first. Before I explain the migration process, let's discuss how to achieve disk encryption on EBS resources. There are three paths to this. Upon the EBS volume creation, choose to encrypt it. Modify the default behavior of the platform, which is to create unencrypted EBS volumes. When you take this path, encryption will happen using a standard set of encryption keys of your account. Migrating from a deployed, unencrypted EBS volume. To achieve this, you'll need to take a snapshot of the resource, create a copy of the snapshot, enabling encryption with a key, attach the encrypted volume to your EC2 instance, or create an AMI from the copied snapshot. A detailed guide of this migration can be found in the written version of this episode. Check cloudnsec.com for more content and medium.com slash Camillo with double L, for more cloud and security articles. Thank you, talk to you again soon.